you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to read this passage out of the New Living Translation. But it's the words of Jesus, and it says in verse 1, And when Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. You know, my friend, that's the will of God. Verse 2 says, John the Baptist, who was in prison. Everybody say, in prison. prison. Say it again. Heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Verse 4 says, Jesus told them, go back to John. You go back to John and tell him what you have heard and what you have seen. The blind see. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured or cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God bless those who do not fall away because of me. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, did any of your parents ever say to you, now look what you've done? Huh? Now, look what you've done. Well, I want to preach today on, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. You may be seated. John the Baptist was jailed. And while alone, my friends, your mind can play a lot of tricks on you when you're all by yourself. He was incarcerated. And he began to doubt. I don't suppose any of us have ever doubted in here. He started questioning within himself whether the one that he had immersed in the Jordan River, the one which he saw with his own eyes... The spirit, uh, like as a dove, abide upon him. Was he really the Messiah or not? These doubts flooded his mind. Even though John had already openly declared to all, speaking of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. At this point in the scripture, again, he's alone and he's in a jail cell. And the enemy of his soul and the enemy of our soul, who only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. My friend, there's nothing about the devil that loves you, my friend. There's nothing about the devil that wants you good or to have good. He may
may promise you the world, but he cannot give you the forever. He's tempting John the Baptist with these doubtful thoughts. And so to be sure that he did not err, John sends two of his own followers to Jesus to ask the Lord on his behalf, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? My friend, when you find the real thing, you better stake it right there. You better put in some stakes right there. You better put down some solid foundation right there, my friend. And there's nothing more solid than what your pastors taught this morning, and that is the Word of God. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him and for Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And verse 14 of John 1 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And upon the Lord, upon hearing John the Baptist's question, Jesus simply responds, well, you go show John again those things which you do hear and see. Brothers and sisters of Rehoboth, to any of you here this afternoon who have started questioning your walk in God, to those of you that may feel like you're facing life all by yourself, to those of you that may be hurting physically, emotionally, to those of you that perhaps are enslaved by fleshly addictions, uh, sins that you seemingly cannot escape from. To those of you that are emotionally struggling in your relationships, uh, or to those of you who feel that the heavens seem like brass and your prayers are seemingly hopeless, uh, I have come this day to encourage every one of you and to remind you on this anniversary Sunday, just look what the Lord has already done. Hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord. If you're happy about being here, stand to your feet. Clap your hands. Shout a little bit. Jesus said, you may be seated. Jesus said, you go tell them what you are seeing. That the blind receive their sight. Has anybody ever seen the blind receive their sight? I have. I have. Praise God. Jesus, uh, Jesus was one day walking down a crowded road. Uh, 
and he heard a voice calling out to him. Amen. A blind man named Bartimaeus was calling out and saying, have mercy on me. Jesus said unto him, what would you have me to do? And the blind man said that I would receive my sight. And Mark declares, and Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately, I'm going to say immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I say unto you, church, look what the Lord has done. Folks, I don't know about you, but when Jesus found me, I was spiritually blind. All I could see was myself. My world revolved around me, myself, and I. But thanks be unto God. It was just that one encounter at that prayer meeting with Jesus. And like the song says, once I was blind, but now I see. Jesus said, you just go tell John. That the lame walk. <laughs> well, Jesus was teaching in a house. Boy, wouldn't that be something here? All of a sudden, a hole appeared in the roof of that place. And a lame man was lowered right in front of Christ at his feet. My friend, that's where you're going to find it. Your mercy is at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus looked at him and And he did something that was appalling to some that were in that group. He didn't heal his body at that point. He said, I forgive you of your sins. I'm telling you, folks, whether or not you never get healed, the main thing that Jesus is interested in our lives is that we are right with him and that we have have taken advantage of his salvation. I tell you, I don't know about you, but it's by the blood. It's by the blood. It's by the blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Back in the Old Testament, when they were coming out of Egypt, which represents sin, amen, God was in No, Moses was instructed by the angel to make sure, amen, to take a a lamb and and, and kill the lamb and and put its blood over the doorpost, over the threshold of the door. Not just one application, not just two applications on each side, but in all three places, the blood would be applied. I'm telling you, friends, my friend, it's the same today. You receive the blood of repentance. You receive the blood of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you receive the blood when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with others. You talked this morning about the two witnesses, uh, the spirit and the blood, amen, and you talked about that the the sprinkling, uh, amen, uh, speaks better things uh, than of Abel's blood. My friend, Abel's blood, do you know that your blood has a voice? Abel's blood spoke, amen, praise God. You know, do you realize in... That Moses, that he literally heard the voice of God in the tabernacle in the wilderness 
off of the mercy seat where the blood was applied, the literal voice of God spoke. Why should we be surprised that when we receive the Holy Ghost that we start speaking with other tongues? Because it's nothing more than the blood of Jesus Christ that is speaking through us. I tell you, look what the Lord has done. Then he looked at that, that paralyzed man and he said, take up his bed and walk. And Mark says, immediately. Everybody say, immediately. immediately. He arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all. Wouldn't you love to have had a Kodak moment there? In so much that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion before. How many of you, church, you never saw life on this fashion before until you encountered Jesus for yourself? Is there a witness here today? I'm telling you, look what the Lord has done. I don't know about you, but ever since my eyes were open spiritually, I've seen the crippled get up out of wheelchairs and walk. I too have seen the lame walk. Amen. Jesus said to those two witnesses, now you be sure to tell John the lepers are cleansed. Throughout scripture, the disease of leprosy has always been identified with sin. Amen. Even to this day, there is no cure. There's no cure for leprosy. The only hope of a leper was to be cleansed, to be washed. (laughs) You see, church, no one can be healed of sin. Did you hear me? Nobody can be healed of sin. You can only be cleansed of your sins. Ten lepers came to Jesus with their unified cry, Master, have mercy on us. Church, Jesus was and he still is there and our only hope. And Luke tells us, and when he saw them, those ten lepers, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. When they turned around, they went and they were cleansed. My friend, if you've been cleansed of your sin, then you need to stand to your feet right now and shout unto God, Look what the Lord has done. Don't forget to tell John that the death here. While Jesus was, you may be seated. While Jesus was, I'm sorry if you thought I was done. You know, Jesus was leaving an area in Jericho. Suddenly a group of men brought a deaf man to him who also could not speak. The men just wanted Jesus to lay his hand upon the deaf and the dumb man. 
But Jesus took the man aside. Now this may gross some of you out. And he placed his fingers into his ear. I remember Brother Charles Mahaney, our national prison chaplain. He was preaching in a prison. And uh, he had the altar call. And, and uh, people came up. And, and uh, he asked the man what he wanted prayer for. He says, pray for my hearing. So Brother Mahaney... He's now deceased, but Brother Mahaney, Brother Brownie, he took out his feet. He thought, boy, if Jesus can do this, I can do this too. So he spit on one finger and he spit on another finger and he put it in the man's two ears, just like Jesus did. And he prayed for him. And afterwards, he asked the man, says, now how's your hearing? He says, I don't know. It's not till next Thursday. placed his ears, fingers in his ears, and he spit and placed his own spittle on his mouth's tongue and simply said, be opened. Mark says straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. I say it to you again, church, look what the Lord has done. When we were teaching at Christian Life College in Stockton, California, we went to a small town in Nevada, and I won't go through all the details of how we got there, but we took the college choir and did a special uh, thanks Winnemucca. It was in Winnemucca, Nevada. It's a big gambling town. And uh, what had happened was our bus coming back from General Conference had broken down, and they had to be towed into that city, and the people of that city were so kind to our students and so forth. So we decided as part of the missions club that we would go back to Winnemucca, put on a free concert, and there indeed have a, a rally there. We advertised it all over the, the little town, and, and so here we come, and we're there, and we have this. I, I was really shocked. 300 people came to the concert uh, from the city. Uh, amen. And... Uh, People were just touched by God. And, and then the very next day, the Assembly of God pastor asked if I would come and preach for them. And I thought, well, praise God, I'm not going to try to miss this. And a man came up, and I always ask people before I pray for them, unless Jesus tells me what's going on. I said, and what do you need? And the guy went, I said, sir. What do you have need of? Sir, what do you have need of? And a lady came and says, he's deaf. Well, that's the reason why he couldn't hear me. So we just simply prayed for him in the name of Jesus. I didn't feel anything special in my hand. I didn't feel anything. But I'll tell you, God heard and saw his faith and guess what? He went home. He went home hearing that day. Praise God! Praise God! And several people went home with the Holy Ghost that day. And I went home with the choir and said, "Look what the Lord has done." 
Make sure you tell him that the dead are raised up. Lazarus was dead. Mary and Martha were grieving his loss. If only Jesus had been here, was their lament. But Jesus showed up when all seemed hopeless. My friend, Jesus may not always just come at your beckoning. If you really understand the truth, Jesus is always there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you till the end of the at the end of time as far as this side is concerned. But it doesn't mean that he is just our Santa Claus or our go-to guy or, or whatever. No, 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 no. He's God. And he knows exactly when to do and where to do and how to do. Amen. In every situation. Praise God. Amen. And Jesus, matter of fact, the shortest verse in the Bible is, is looking at this group of people that are weeping and wailing. And, and Jesus wept because of their unbelief. But Jesus, when it all seemed hopeless, he commanded the door of the tomb to be opened. And with a loud voice said, Lazarus, come forth. John says, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, and Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. I'm telling you, church, look what the Lord has done. Personally, I don't know about yourself, but I personally have known, shaken hands with, Four people that were dead. And God raised them from the ground. Not from the ground. God raised them from back up. One of them happened right in our, our camp. Our junior camp several years ago. Of an adult praise singer. Amen. She was praising God and she fell right during the, the praising and the deal. Poor Brother Soto. This is John, or this is Andy Soto. Brother Aaron Soto's brother, and he, he's an EMT, and he came up to me and he said, Brother Putnam, she's dead. She's dead. But they kept on praying for her. you got to understand, there's all these little kids around there, and all these little kids, amen, are praying, and they're, they're worshiping God, and they're praying, amen, and they're praying. And all of a sudden, amen, they turned her over, and when she did, she went, and I said, thank you, Jesus. Look what the Lord has done. And you tell them the poor have the gospel preached to them. Multitudes upon multitudes heard the good news that Jesus proclaimed. Church, I wondered this afternoon. Can anyone identify with what you've just heard today? I don't know about you, but once I was lost, once I was dead in trespasses and sins, once I was sick, but now I'm healed. Once I was blind, but now I see. How about it, saints of Rehoboth? In what condition did Jesus find you? 
Were you lost and undone? Were you addicted and carrying a heavy weight of sin? Were you ashamed and ready to end it all? But stop and think about it. Now, look what the Lord has done. Jesus went forth reaching out to all, no matter what their pedigree or culture. He invited them to follow him. He never forced anyone to follow him. He invited fishermen to follow him, and they did. Old rugged fishermen. He approached a social outcast, a tax collector, to follow him, and Matthew did. Jesus stepped to the side of a funeral procession and touched the casket that was being carried for burial. And Jesus said, Arise, and the dead young man arose. To the woman caught in the very act of adultery, he showed mercy and said, Go and sin no more. To the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda, he told him to rise and take up his bed and walk, and he did. Multitudes were fed by him as fish and bread multiplied in his creative hands. They were filled. Saints of the living God today, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did in John the Baptist's day, Jesus can do right here and right now. As the songwriter wrote, show me one thing he can't do. Show me a mountain he can't move. Show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters he can't part. As that song says, he's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. I encourage you as you stand to your feet right now. I encourage you. Uh, amen. Brother Chris, come. Jesus is no respecter of people. He can meet you right now at the point of your need. And you can walk out of here today uh, saying, Look, look at what the Lord hath done. Pastor and Sister Brownie, I remember walking through here with Brother Caskey 14 years ago. We were right in that room, right over there. We were meeting. And Brother Brownie, we're kind of looking at a situation in a building that seemingly looked like it was deteriorating. There was no heat over on this side. But I saw in this man and this woman a vision. A vision. A vision not just settling for what it was. And I give all honor to Bishop Browning, who started this work 43 years ago. But I remember listening to your determined vision, Brother Brownie, uh, and your willingness to step out of your comfort zone. 
and moving into the picture of what was then. And I could hear that voice speaking of a vision that could be. And brothers and sisters, look what the Lord has done. Church! Oh! Let's hear it, Chris. 